Thank you for tuning in to Getting Real Estate in Vegas. I am Bridget Magnus, and this is the Vegas Video Network. If you have a question, problem, or suggestion, please go ahead and get the... You, ah, I, my tongue isn't working today. I'm terribly sorry. Go ahead and get that to us in email by uh, gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com. Perhaps you prefer the telephone. Well, we've got a toll-free hotline for you. That's 866-966-4599. And for those of you who are watching us live, please remember to participate in our live chat. We would like to take just a couple minutes to thank those of you watching on the Vegas Video Network, those of you who've subscribed to your favorite shows on iTunes, those of you who've tuned in on YouTube, those of you watching on your TV sets with Roku, and those of you who are listening to us on the radio, that's KSHP 1400 AM every Friday night. I'd also like to take just a minute to welcome all of our lovely tourists who are here in town for CES this week. We hope you have a terrific time. Um, also, if you could please pay attention to where you're driving, I'd really appreciate it. Um, okay then, let's just go ahead and get started with some Friday figures. No, seriously, it's nuts out there. Um, let's see, we're gonna start off by telling you how many available units we have. All of our data is from the GLVAR MLS system, and we've got 11,048 available units. Oof, getting real near the bottom of that range that I set last week. Let's hope that one prediction isn't out of the water in two weeks into the new year. That would be silly. We do have 2,057 foreclosures available. In addition, we have 5,062 short sales. In the last 30 days, we have closed on um, 3,753 properties. The median list price on those was 110,000, while the median sales price was 108,000. As you can see, not a big gap between those two numbers. Now, one thing I would like to point out is that uh, when it comes to the 3,929 non-distressed classic listings we currently have available, well, I've got some great news. The median price on those is up to $188,000. I'm very happy to report that number today. Now, in addition to all of those lovely properties that have just sold in the last 30 days, we've got 12,364 properties under contract to be purchased. For those of you who keep track of the rental market, we do have 5,847 available and 1,950 new leases. Median price on those is just a tweak under $1,100. So let's get on with just a little bit of real estate news. Probably the big real estate news this week is that foreclosures in 2011 were down, I, I did say down, to the levels we saw in 2007. This is, of course, great news. The only problem is that it's not really because more people are paying their mortgage. Uh, basically, banks are being forced to follow more rules by state laws and by courts, and that's slowing down foreclosures rather than making less foreclosable properties. One more bit of absolutely awesome news, though, especially for you buyers, is that mortgage rates are down again to yet another record low. That's an average of 3.89% on a 30-year fixed. Wow. Contact your mortgage broker, because this is the time if you're on the fence. Um, also, uh, good news for buyers, not so good news for sellers, the CoreLogic Home Price Index was down in November by 1.4%.
So a, a perfect storm of low interest rates and reduced prices make it a great time to be a buyer. So then, as we're getting ready to celebrate Chinese New Year, it is getting ready to become the year of the dragon. But in real estate land, it is the year of the short seller. Now, I kind of hinted at that last week, but today I'm going to tell you in great detail why this is the time to get your short sale accomplished. Number one reason is we've got a lot of underwater homeowners. Nationwide, it's something like 28%. That the, last, the most recent figure I was able to dig up this morning was from May of last year. Uh, in Nevada, 65% of homeowners owe more than their home is worth. And here in the Las Vegas Valley, 85%. That's right, 17 out of 20 houses upside down. Yow. That is a, a huge number, and um, granted, this may not hold true for the rest of the country, but here in Las Vegas, the short sale is where things are going to be at this year. Now, as you might have noticed, for those of you who are keeping track of my numbers, there's also an inventory issue. Half of our availables are short sales. The number of foreclosed homes is coming down. The price on classic listings is going up. Um, there is going to be a, a uh, constrained supply of bank-owned properties for the foreseeable future because the states are getting more picky, the courts are getting more picky. Um, there, it is still yet to be decided what's going to be uh, done with the foreclosure fraud settlement. Until that's done, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen with those foreclosures except that they're not making it to the market just yet. Okay, so if there's fewer bank-owned properties and high prices on regular properties, what does that leave? Yes, it leaves short sales. So the next factor that's leading to the year of the short sale is enormous pressure on the banks. Some of that pressure is coming from the federal government in the form of programs like HAFA. That's the Home Affordable Foreclosure Alternative Program. They are providing short sale pre-approvals in a limited number of cases, let's just be honest about this, but the feds really are trying to put some pressure on the banks to at least try and be reasonable with us little people instead of just crushing us under their, their enormous bank wheels. Um, there's also some pressure from uh, uh, mortgage and foreclosure fraud investigations, and yeah, I said that in one breath because I do think they are two sides of one coin um, why would you forge forms to go to a foreclosure if the forms that you're trying to get rid of didn't have problems with them in the first place? Hello. Um, <laughs> there are um, also some state laws and federal regulations that are encouraging banks to deal with these short sales in a timely fashion. At one time, the feds were trying to get the banks to do everything in two weeks. I think that was a little ambitious. Nevada state law says that the banks have to at least respond to your short sale package within 90 days. Even if their response is to say, um, we're missing documentation, they still have to at least acknowledge your existence within 90 days. Um, and also, one more place that the banks are facing pressure is on their bottom line. Um, they do lose less money on a short sale than if they had to foreclose. And at this point, I think everybody realizes that the banks are losing money when it comes to real estate, and they just need to be honest with it and get it behind them. 
Now, the next big reason for this being the year of the short sale is that systems are so much better than they used to be. Now, the, in the old days, when you had a short sale package, that lovely packet of documents that explains why the bank should write off $100,000 or more, you had to either FedEx that to the uh, bank's asset manager and have somebody lose it along the way, or you had to fax perhaps sometimes 100 pages of documents it was very prone to doc pieces of paper getting lost. It was prone to one page of a multi-page document disappearing or, or just not getting filed with everything else. It was easy for banks to say, well, we didn't get that. And they had perfectly plausible excuses. That's done. The new way involves electronic systems, such as the uh, Bank of America and Wells Fargo Equator system. All of those documents that you used to have to FedEx or fax get uploaded to a big master computer labeled correctly. So there's no excuse for losing a piece of paper. It's right there in the database. OK, fine, you lost the printout. Print a fresh one already, and let's get on with it. Um, also, as a side effect of the system, there's a lot of electronic communication, which not only is there a record of what got said when, but it's a lot faster than you than the old days of you call Bank of America and you sit on the phone for two hours waiting for somebody to actually answer your call. And yes, that used to be how short sale agents spent their day, is on hold with banks waiting for someone to actually give them the correct time of day. Um, another big factor is that realtors, lawyers, and um, professional negotiators have a much better idea of what's going to happen what the banks want, when they're going to want it, and how to deal with these large bureaucratic banks in a way that will get things done. But the biggest reason why this will be the year of the short sale is that IRS rules change at the end of this year. Ooh, there are IRS rules regarding short sales? Yes, in fact, there are. The Mortgage Debt Relief Act of 2007 says that um, Mortgage debt that is forgiven as the result of a short sale is not taxable. That's the good news. But the bad news, like I said, is that law expires at the end of this year. And unless Congress does something to change that, if you have a short sale go through in January of 2013, you will owe taxes on every dime that the mortgage company does not get. So if you're underwater and are wondering what to do, now is the time to talk to a realtor who is proficient in short sales and get that thing going. Um, it's a, a huge, huge tax break. There are some limitations on it that I want to let you know right after this question. Yeah, is there any way to do a short sale without it hurting your credit? You just decide, you know, I'm underwater. I could still pay for it. But I'd just rather not and get out and try again. Can you do that? Um, only sort of. Um, what usually hurts your credit score when you're doing a short sale is the fact that inevitably you end up missing a payment or two. This is almost necessary. Most uh, agents will, will uh, it, um, allude to the fact that it might be a good idea. They'll never actually recommend that you do this. Um, the reason being is that it'll wake the bank up and say, hey, you know what? This person isn't going to keep paying forever, and we need to do something. 
Now, the other thing that I'd like to point out is that as far as the I can pay it, I just don't want to anymore, a bank is not going to approve a short sale unless there is some sort of hardship. Hardship can include I lost my job. It can include um, my spouse died. It can include, you know, I, they're just not giving me the hours that they used to at my job. And perhaps most importantly, it can include I broke my leg and was out of work for six months. Medical hardship is a very much a thing that you can claim as a hardship. Now, there are limitations on what you can claim as far as the Mortgage Debt Relief Act of 2007. The relief does only apply as your principal residence, not a vacation home, not a rental home, not a second home, not the place that you bought for your daughter. Uh, let's see, uh, no more than $2 million can be forgiven. Oh, you know what? $2 million, that's quite a large sum. Um, you also have to have that loan secured by your primary residence. If you took money out to take a vacation or pay the rest of your bills, that's not going to fly. And um, there are some constraints on what's called the tax basis, so you should probably consult your friendly neighborhood accountant. And I understand we have another question. Yeah, follow-up. So what do you recommend to somebody then if they are underwater, but they're not financially at risk. Do, they, do you have anything that they can do to get in a better place? Well, the thing that I would recommend for getting in a better place does involve talking to um, an accountant and or an attorney. There are attorneys in this town that specialize in what's called asset protection, where basically we, we're going to make sure that the bulk of your assets are um, in a position where it would be hard to take them away from you. And it makes it a little bit easier for those who are trying to create a situation where a short sale is plausible. Now, I'm not saying that you can make stuff up. What I am saying is that I have yet to see a situation where I just don't feel like paying any more resulted in a successful short sale. However, this is Las Vegas. We do have a higher than average unemployment rate. And, and like I say, there's such a, 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 an unfortunate smorgasbord of things that could be considered a hardship that it isn't that hard to come up with a reason that you theoretically can't pay anymore. Thank you. All right, so that does finish up the Mortgage Debt Relief Act of 2007. So uh, I have a special question for us. What were they thinking? Oh, <laughs> Let's don, try that don, again. Don, 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 don. <laughs> what were they thinking? Okay. Once upon a time, there was a family that had a two-bedroom condo, and one day Mama said to Papa, you know what? This condo is too small. And Papa said, don't worry, Mama. I know exactly what to do. And he went to Home Depot, and two weeks later, we had this. That little window on the side? That looks into a bedroom. It, it's really kind of ingenious. They did convert uh, um, their living room into two bedrooms. And as nearly as I can figure, they realized that that second bedroom with no window was way too dark and per potentially a uh, fire issue because it, what happens if you can't get through the one door? You, you're going to burn. So, so they decided to be very ingenious and put in that little window to the dining room. Very, very handy for checking on the kids, I feel certain. All right, we're going to take a little break for station identification and be right back. Mm -hmm. 
Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. Okay, we're back and it's time for some real advice. We have talked more than once on this show about how important it is for a buyer to have a home inspection. And in fact, our very first show, episode one, we had a great interview with a home inspector. If you have an FHA loan, I am required to actually make you sign off on receiving a piece of paper that says, for your protection, get a home inspection. I make everybody sign that just because I'm that way. But today I'm going to turn that around and I'm going to talk to you about why sellers should seriously consider dropping the 300 bucks on a home inspection. These tips, by the way, are slightly embellished on some tips from Heather Levin. So I would like to say thank you, Heather, so much for making sure that I had these. So the first thing a seller is going to want to look at, the first benefit for the seller, is that it is going to address hidden problems. Maybe there's some little thing that's easy to fix. Sure, fix it. If there's a big thing, you can either say, listen, uh, Mr. Buyer, I already know that this thing is wrong, so that's, that explains my price. It gives you the opportunity both ways, to either fix the problem or disclose the problem, rather than having that problem come up after a contract is signed and potentially disrupt the entire transaction. People like pleasant surprises more than unpleasant surprises, and when you have an unpleasant surprise come up in that home inspection that looks like it's going to cost you money, you're absolutely within your right to walk away, so let's know up front. The second thing that this does is that when buyers come, they, they have confidence. They can already see, oh, this guy's already had a home inspection. Oh yeah, I can already see that X, Y, and Z are wrong. Okay, I can live with X, Y, and Z being wrong. It also gives them a little bit of confidence that they're not going to find some huge disaster on inspection because, well, after all, if there was something huge, the last inspector would have found it, right? The next thing that uh, having a home inspector as a seller is going to do, it is going to save you money. That's right. Why is it going to save you money? Because if you've got a relatively small thing that needs to be fixed, you can take care of it and get a higher purchase price in many cases. That ain't too shabby, now is it? But the last thing that you need to know as a seller is safety first. There are times, um, blissfully rare times, but they do happen, where that home inspector might turn up a safety issue that's putting your family at risk. And when you catch things early, you can fix them. Perhaps your home inspector notices that you've got a problem with a furnace that might be leaking carbon monoxide into your home. Well, now, wouldn't you rather fix that than gas your whole family? 
if it turns out that you've got the beginning of a mold problem, wouldn't you rather fix that while it's a small problem and before mold makes your entire family sick? Yeah, I think you would too. So once again, I'd like to thank Heather for giving me those tips. And well, what can I say? You've wasted another perfectly good Friday afternoon watching Getting Real Estate in Vegas. I'm still Bridget Magnus, and you should still go ahead and email your questions, problems, and suggestions to gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com. Don't forget about our toll-free hotline at 866-966-4599. If you have a personal real estate question that I can help you out with, you'll find my contact information at bridgetmagnus.com. And for pity's sake, drive safely. See you next time. Traditional media believes that. No, really, see you next time.